Chapter 5 of E.M. Forster's 1910 novel, Howard's End, places the reader right in the middle of a Beethoven concert at London's Queen Hall. Michael Koreski asks, how would a filmmaker choose to adapt this lengthy passage, which is gossamer and tangential, but not negligible? One could let the music wash over the viewer, allowing visuals to fade into darkness, one could trim down Forster's musings and put them into the mouths of the characters rather than their minds. One could jump wholeheartedly into abstraction or animation, a fantasia-like gambit, or the easiest solution, just cut the section altogether, likely what most directors would have done, but not the Merchant Ivory team known for their devotion to the written word and for whom faithfulness to a source text means not slavishness, but an opportunity to bring out the innate cinematic properties of the prose. That's the way that Koreski begins his essay, and he closes by describing the team's fundamental understanding of film and its relationship to literature. He continues, Fascinating, Jabala leaves out any reference to the book's most famous passage, which is a testament to the film's ability to get at its source material's central credo in a more abstract way. Late in the novel, once the character Margaret has agreed to marry the widowed Henry, she attempts to better the wealthy, self-interested businessman with her words, only connect. That was the whole of her sermon, only connect the prose and the passion, and both will be exalted and human love will be seen at its height. Live in fragments no longer, only connect. The pleading words only connect are in fact the novel's epigraph, which makes Henry's dismissive response, oh, you're a clever little woman, but my mottos concentrate all the more crushing. Her beseeching reflects Forster's beliefs as well as his identification with Margaret. The words only connect are the lifeblood of the book and they course throughout the film, even if they are never said, never spoken. Words of Michael Koreski in an essay titled The Prose and the Passion in Film Comment. As we'll learn, only Connect might serve as the unofficial theme of the 2023 Spring Film Festival at the Dietrich Theatre in Tonkanic that runs through May 11th. And we'll have a chance to experience the range of filmmaking talent, exploring connections, relationships, and more in the stories they tell. Ronnie Harvey, general theater manager and film booker at the Dietrich, stopped in at the WVIA studios to fill us in on some of the 21 movies to be screened. Ronnie, tell us, what's the theme this time around? <laughs> what emerged for you as you were putting together the schedule? Well, there's there's two things that I noticed right off the bat. One, not necessarily a theme, but we have a ton of of foreign language films in this festival, way more than we normally do. It's almost like it's anchored by foreign language films. So I really hope that people really check out some of the international features that we have here. So that's not necessarily a theme, but it's just an overarching, there's an overarching feel to the whole thing that it's it's the world. It really is the world. <laughs> and then something that I noticed going in is connection. Um, 
connection to someone we've lost or someone you're losing or someone that you or something that you didn't have from the past, a a connection that you didn't have. A lot of these movies deal with lost connection and trying to find the answers to to why that person's gone or why their connection didn't work or or where you can find connection in something that is otherworldly or even as small as a little bird. Like, so there, there's so many films in here that deal with that that theme. And you don't have every film in the world to choose from so that you choose from what's available, right? Yep. And what you've heard about, read about. Yes, typically it's, it's, it's just what is in the marketplace and what resonated with audiences. So a lot of times we're seeing now is that movies are quicker. While before there used to be this long window of time, the movie was out and then it went to the DVDs or rental purchases. Then it went to now streaming. So now we're getting like, it's quick. It's like moving. It's like constant. And while most people would think, oh, where streamers came into the the concept, uh, oh, it's going to kill the movie theater. No, it's actually causing the best of the stuff to be released into the theaters because they they know that they'll make the most money. So we're actually, in my estimation, getting the better end of it because we're getting the product that we know is going to be popular and well-liked. And so there's more options. There's even more than what I, like, now I'm looking at it and going, I wish I had this every single week. Like, I wish I was able to do that. You know, the original intention was to have one screen that was just primarily for art. But with the way we do it, we're able to do more than just one a week by doing it this way. But now I I see things that are going out and I'm like, oh, I wish I could get that. But it's too far gone by the time I get to the next one. And we're only talking like at this point, every two, three months. <laughs> I'm really proud of the movies that we have for this one. And I really hope that people check out because because the, the international features are ones that are sometimes a little harder for people to, you know, wrap their head around or to really focus <laughs> because they feel like they have to do two things at once. But within 10 minutes, you're in. You're good. Don't worry about it. Would you like to start with one of those? You know, I would like to start with one of those. And it's one that I've actually seen because, uh, People always assume that I've seen every movie. That's always something that people tell me, like, oh, you've seen all the movies. And it's actually, no, this is a lot more intuition. But I have seen one of the films, and it's Close. Close is a a Belgian film, and it is about a relationship between two young middle school, like kind of in that general range, boys. They have a very close connection that is misconstrued, quote unquote, misconstrued by some of their classmates as they're in a relationship. One of them, it affects he wants to be closer to him and the other one wants to pull away. And a tragic circumstance happens where the boys must reconcile what their relationship means. And I I don't want to give it away where the movie goes, but it is such a heartfelt, painful, but ultimately ultimately just uplifting tale of how a relationship means so much, even at such a young age. When you think about actors that young and getting them to sustain and support a whole movie. Absolutely. They're the they're the main focus throughout all the entire movie. And I absolutely loved it. I mean it is tough. And when you get to the tough stuff, you you really have to hunker down, but it is worth it in the end. 
It was nominated for Best Feature. That's something that I noticed within this. Some movies we had for Oscars the last time, some of the more mainstream films we had. And then this festival kind of gives you all the ones that either didn't win or won that were in the lesser categories, like the international features, the documentary features. They're all here that were nominated, won or nominated. And so that's a personal story. But you have some stories that have to do with politics and society. Yes. And that's something that is another little theme within here. And especially I noticed women dealing with politically charged situations. One of our opening night films is Women Talking. Women Talking won Best Screenplay at the Academy Awards this year. It's got a wonderful ensemble cast. And that's another one that I watched. And when you're watching it, you have a preconceived notion that it's being told from a past time, that it's being told from, you know, a hundred years ago. But it is current. <laughs> it is a current tale. Um, these women who are in a religious community, they all come together to discuss what they're going to do when one of their own tells them that a man attacked them. And the women have to decide if they're going to ignore it, if they're going to leave, or they're going to stay and fight against it. And so it's all of these women with all of their different beliefs. We have the older women who are more quiet and, and don't want to ruffle feathers. You've got the younger women who are saying, no, it's time to fight. And you've got some of the women who are, who are there that just don't want to deal with it anymore. <laughs> so all of those women have to come together and make a decision on what it means for them to have ownership of not only their bodies, but their children. It is an absolute jaw dropper. And I loved it. It doesn't sound on paper. It doesn't sound like there's funny, but it can, there's funny moments within it. They all have personalities and they're all bringing something to the table, but the, the writing will floor you. And then another movie that I have not seen, but is very similar to me in that respect is Cinema Sabaya. And Cinema Sabaya is a movie about this workshop where these women all get together and discuss their home lives. And it is a group of Arab women and a group of Jewish women. And they come together to like discuss the similarities between them and, and what their lives are impacted. And so it's very funny. And then it also gets deep in there about what they have to face being women in certain groups and their expectations and how how they're affected by it and how they can come together to heal each other. So those two movies kind of play very similarly to each other. Navalny won Best Documentary Film, and it is so relevant. It's almost current relevant uh, about Alexei Navalny and, and how he opposed Putin and how he was, they tried to kill him. And it is still going on currently. And this documentary won Best Documentary, and it just tells that story, and it dives deeper into what was really going on. So, <laughs> yes, I look at you right now, and I see what I'm bringing up are all tough things, but but they're real, and they're, they need to be grappled with. And by going to see these movies, you're, you're able to connect, in a way, to all of these stories. There's that word again, Ronnie, connect. Meanwhile... I've read about Godland that is extraordinary in terms of cinematography. Yes, looking at the Icelandic... Uh, it's one of my trips that I want to take in the future is to go to Iceland. Do I want to do this? No. <laughs> I want to go to Reykjavik. I don't necessarily want to traverse this. 
But from what I've heard about the movie, it is just a beautifully shot opus, if you will, on this one man's journey throughout the Icelandic countryside. And I can only imagine, like, people come to me all the time and say, not to say this is Whoop Godland, but they say to me, boy, I didn't understand that movie, but it sure looked good. <laughs> so at least you know that's what you're going in with Godland. <laughs> You mentioned a bird, and I love the concept of the story about the bird-o-birds. Yes, so All That Breathes was also nominated for Best International Documentary Feature, and it's about these two brothers who fall in love with a bird. It's a black kite bird, and it deals with them taking care of these birds in New Delhi, which is one of the most polluted cities in the world. And it's telling you about the bond not only between the brothers who have taken it upon themselves to do this, not just with the birds, but with other animal species. And then the bond that they share with these birds, this bird in particular. And from what I've heard about that one as well, it is exquisitely shot, emotionally captivating, and and just rich, rich storytelling. You use your intuition a lot, Ronnie. Where would you go from there to make a contrast or segue into another movie (laughs) suggested by what you've just said? Hmm. Rosie and Frank is a little Irish film that even our booker hadn't heard about. And I'm the one who brought it to him. And he was like, I hadn't even heard about this movie. Where'd this come from? And I don't know what drew me to it. But it's about this Irish woman who lost her husband. And she was obviously in a in a depressed state and her son was very worried about her and then one day a dog showed up on her front step and she is convinced that that dog is her reincarnated husband and now this is played for laughs but I think also played to show that she needs that connection and she believes wholeheartedly that that dog is her husband and he's come back. He told her he would come back for her and this <laughs> there he is. And so it's this lovely story about these two, the uh, dog and this woman who come together and it gives her a purpose again in life. It gives her something to believe in. And he also, from what I've heard, coaches the local sports team, the dog does, <laughs> in the movie. So I look forward to it. Everybody's really excited about that movie. And I think it's one word, dog. <laughs> Um, I already talked about our second opening night feature, but I didn't talk about our first opening night feature. And our first opening night feature is Moving On with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. They've worked together, I think, up teams amount of times now at this point, And it, it just shows the, the bond and connection between the two of them that they, they have acted for decades with each other. And this one is another one that I, I was lucky enough to see. And I loved it. They were high school friends. And one of their high school friends dies. And so they go to the funeral to say goodbye to her. And Jane Fonda's character goes up to the husband at the funeral and says, I'm going to kill you tomorrow. Now that she's gone, I'm going to kill you. And you, you're you taken aback, obviously. And then you come to find out between the relationship between Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, why, why she wants to kill him and if they do it. And it's very darkly funny. But it is so emotionally rich when it gets to tell you, you know, why and what happened. You understand. You get it. And I just think the two of them together is, is you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Speaking of the two of them, the documentary that 
involves Robert Caro and Robert Gottlieb. This is a big jump, but I know so many people have said they want to see the turn the page. Yes, absolutely. So it's a documentary about the 50-year relationship between the editor, Robert Gottlieb, and writer, Robert Caro. And they're... I don't want to say reaching the end of their relationship together, but they're probably reaching the end of their relationship together, but they've worked on so many books. I don't write anything, but I have heard this so many times. You have a relationship with your author will say, I have a relationship with my partner and my editor. Those are the two people that you have this deep rooted connection with. And so it's an intimate look at their connection and the power of collaborating with each other on their creative works. And Caro is known so well, particularly for his Lyndon Johnson biographies. Take us to another film. It does take me to Emily. We're back to writing again. And Emily is about the events in Emily Bronte's life that could have led to her writing Wuthering Heights, her seminal novel. So it's it's another one of those fictionalized, I'll say that, with a, a tale of, of where her life was and, and how those events could have stirred her in the direction to write Wuthering Heights. So that's, that's another one that I definitely highly recommend. We always count on you, Ronnie, to give us a musician or a musical. There's always a musician or an artist, I like to say. I think I flip-flop them back and forth. But yes, this time we have Carol King. I don't even need to say anything. <laughs> Carol King. But we have Carol King Home Again. It's uh, live in Central Park. It's quasi-documentary, quasi-live concert film. And it's showing you her homecoming concert in Central Park that was in front of an audience of 100,000 people. And so it's never before seen footage of that exact concert. And I love when we show these because I I get to know whose musical tastes are, the, the customers that come in. And I'm always getting different kinds of ones. And I'm going, oh, I didn't picture you as a Carol King fan, but OK, good. So it, it's leading up to her doing tapestry. So there you go. Speaking of 100,000 people, Pope Francis is someone who appears in front of 100,000 people on many occasions, and people in our area would like to see a film about Pope Yes, in, in Viaggio, The Travels of Pope Francis, follows the Pope through his travels across all corners of the world. So you get to see an inside look at, at his trip, essentially, his trip around the world. And it is archived footage, but it grants you where access to how he has to be on all the time and go and travel and see all these people. So yes, we we had an opportunity. We were going to show it outside of festival. And we were like, no, that's something that we think if we put it inside festival, it's going to reach a broader audience. So we wanted to we wanted to get that in here. You got one more one more shot. At I got one more. What am I gonna pick? <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with The Quiet Girl. The Quiet Girl is another Irish-based film. It was nominated for Best International Feature, and it is about a girl trying to find connection. See, I did all. I brought it all together there. <laughs> trying to find connection after she she's sent away to live with this foster family who end up being a dysfunctional family. She is the quiet one. She tries to hide away, and you you don't necessarily know why she's hiding away or what her reasonings are for that. You learn that later on in the film, why she's so introverted. But from all I have heard about the movie, it is another gobsmacker. It's another, it'll it'll really get you, and it, it's a quieter film than all the rest of them. It's a quiet, and that's why they call it The Quiet Girl.
so far away doesn't anybody stay in one place anymore it would be so fine to see your face at my door connections we're hearing carol king far away live in concert live in concert carol king home again in central park and there are many chances you'll have to see that film 21 films in 21 days part of the spring 2023 film festival at the dietrich theater in tonkanic 60 east tioga street we talked with ronnie harvey who is general theater manager and film booker at the dietrich and if you need more information, dietrichtheater.com, D-I-E-T-R-I-C-H, theater, T-H-E-A-T-E-R. The festival lasts through May 11th. It's underway right now. There are wonderful brochures available at the box office, at the theater, or you can check online, dietrichtheater.com. It would be so fine to see your face at my